Hello, managers. Welcome back to this week's edition of the 12 Angry Teams podcast. This week, it is my very great pleasure to welcome onto the show the manager of Please Fix Thanks, Mr. Stephen Bennett. Um, Please Fix Thanks is a team that is the very epitome of In the Hunt. With a record of four and eight, he has the narrowest of shots to make the playoffs. Uh, stay tuned for the end of this episode where the traditional power rankings will be replaced by a new segment more appropriate for this time of the year. And uh, there will be no Kingdom Corner as the Chiefs had a bye. So the Kingdom feels nothing but the same exuberant excitement that they had going into the bye. All right. Well, it is my very great pleasure to welcome on to the show, Mr. Stephen Bennett, uh, the manager of Please Fix Thanks, uh, which has the distinction of being the league's most mediocre team. Um, not at the bottom and not already guaranteed a playoff spot. They're right in the heart of their season with a lot of excitement and optimism ahead, I assume. Well, I mean, you know, you can call it what you want. I'm going to call it excitement. <laughs> now, Mr. Bennett, uh, the number one question we've been getting from uh, the managers around the league is, who are you? Well, that's a very deep question. Uh, and it has uh, a pretty, a, a pretty uh, you know, interesting answer, I would say. Uh, no, very, very much kidding. Uh, I am uh, a undergrad... <laughs> That was going to be a lot of editing work to get rid of that answer. (laughs) I'm going to give you about 35 minutes. I'll give you the short version. Uh, So it started on a cold day in Peoria, Illinois. Um, No, I'm I'm an undergrad classmate of uh, of Daniel and Callie, Uh, and then uh, you know I believe I'm only allowed into the league because I also uh, uh, have graduated law school. uh, Go Blue! uh, Big game coming up this weekend. Uh, and that's that's kind of how I find myself here. Interesting. And who is Michigan playing this weekend, for those who don't know? They are playing Iowa in the Big Ten Championship for a likely spot if Michigan wins in the college football playoffs. And uh, what what will you be doing? How will you be enjoying this particular game? Uh, that's not that's not actually decided yet. Um, likely watching it. Um, uh, perchance having a beverage, uh, and those are those are really the two things that are that are likely settled on. All right, yeah, those two things seem like uh, absolute staples. I'm afraid yeah. there will be very little support uh, for Michigan football coming from the other managers in this league. But you never know. Sometimes people just randomly hate Iowa, so you've got that going for you. Yeah, and you know what? I don't need your support. I barely even know you guys. What's right. what's what's the line? Your booze mean nothing to me. I've seen what makes you cheer. Yeah, that is a that is a classic line. All right. So, Mr. Anthony Jaddick, manager of Magic Grits, also known as Second Place, uh, asks: As the team with the most points against in the league. 
What do you think your players can learn from the elite tier defenses like the prosecution or magic grits who are last and second last in the league in points against respectively? Well, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, for as much as that reflects on my defense, it, it all comes back to the offense. You know, they're, they're, they're not giving the defense, you know, they can't stay on the field. So when you keep going three and out and, and uh, your defense gets tired uh, and, and you just you can't expect them to, to carry a load like that for too long. Um, and, and at some point, uh, you know, the, you got You got to turn offense into defense uh, and give them give them a chance to, to get a breather, uh, you know, hit up the oxygen, watch some film. Uh, and, you know, it's really hard to, to be on defense for, uh, you know, 40, 45 minutes a game. Uh, so really start to maybe control the time of possession a little bit, uh, run the football. Um, and really just get back to basics. Wow. So please fix thanks. Go, heads into next year with the plan to get back to basics. You heard it here fo first, folks. All right. So in all seriousness, your record is four and eight. Uh, there are two games left before the playoffs. And, uh, you know, you, the people in the top six all have won at least six games. Which means basically, uh, you theoretically are still in the hunt for a playoff spot. But if you lose w any game from here on out, any either of your next two, then you're automatically eliminated. It would become impossible for you to make the playoffs. Uh, so there is a chance, but it is slim. Uh, I know that a big part of your team was Saquon Barkley. Uh, he obviously missed a big chunk of the season with injury. Uh, but he's been back recently. What are your thoughts on Saquon Barkley's so-called return? Well, you know, I, I want to thank you for having me. Honestly, it's, it's nice to be on uh, this league's most preeminent uh, podcast. We do uh, with, claim with, that distinction. Yeah, at least some listeners, um, <laughs> which is which is really a really nice feather in your cap. So I want to commend you for that. Thank you very um, much. You know, one of my biggest draft strategies this year uh, across my, my three different leagues uh, was drafting as many of the same players in each league as I could uh -huh. uh, so that my rooting interests aligned. Right. Um, that probably resulted in me reaching for Saquon a little bit. Um, but I, I've, I've kind of always had uh, this, this, uh, this grandiose idea of Saquon. Um, and he's never really lived up to that, and I've struggled through that pretty much every year he's been in the league because I always uh -huh. draft him. Uh -huh. um, so it, it's just good to see him back on the field having fun with his friends, ultimately. Uh, you know, if that's, I think that's what professional sports is, is all about. Wow. Are you also running for office in addition to managing uh, fantasy teams? Only, only if it's for the president of the Saquon Barkley fan club. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's the... the Every manager wants to claim this, but my, my team's really been struck by, by two really big, big problems this year. One's the injury bug, uh, right. and then the second is, of course, my failure to know how to manage a fancy football team. Uh, so you add those two together, uh, and, and you're, you're going to be in for, for a long season. Yeah, that is, that is devastating. The injury bug's bad enough, but coupled with that other affliction, uh, honestly, it's remarkable that you still technically have a path to the playoffs. Uh, now, yeah, well, especially after four straight losses, uh, it's been it's been a real slide recently. Uh, coupled with uh, I didn't break the eighty mark this week, that one didn't feel great. Woof. Yeah, that's 
That is bad. Well, I, in one of my other leagues, I just gave an O and 11 team their first victory, which did not feel good at all. I had never even seen an O and 11 team in fantasy. And uh, then they beat me. So that was rough. Yeah, Yeah, that's uh, almost tough to do. It is, but I'm comforted by this. Of in the twelve team league, uh, nine other teams would have lost to him this week if they had played him. Only two people could have beaten him this week. I caught him on a bad week. But speaking of ill fortune, uh, obviously Saquon missed a big chunk of the season. Did you have any other notable injuries on your team? Uh, you know, we had no George Kittle for most of the year, no Jerry Judy, mm-hmm. no Derrick Henry for the last few weeks. That one, oh, uh, right. that one, Derek that one, Henry. Stings, that one stings a little bit. You mean the fantasy RB one right up until the very moment of his injury. And I think even for like most of the week after his injury. Yeah, no, it was, uh, that was a tough break. I think that really broke the spirit of my team. Uh, as evidenced by this this recent skit, it's just it's hard to see a leader go down like that. You know, I think I think everybody in the locker room was was looking around, hoping for somebody to step up, uh, and unfortunately, there was there was nobody to fill that hole. It is a rather large hole with a very defined rat tail, so yes, not easy to fill. But hey, at least I'm sure Mike Davis is trying his best. And I, I, I hope this isn't his best. Um, <laughs> I, I hope that there's something else going on. Uh, but he, he, he has found his way out of the starting lineup. And if you can't start on this team, uh, you, you know, there's, there's probably something wrong with you. You're probably not starting anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's, we're, we're really, we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel for, for running backs, uh, these days on, on this squad. Yeah, that's understandable. Well, hey, you know, as bad as it might be, at least you have Mark Ingram. That's true, uh, who I did not realize uh, this week got uh, was injured. And so that was a nice, uh, you know, I just it just feels right to have a big zero on my on my roster, at least every other week. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe it's good to have maybe an no game. Yeah. Maybe no game as bad as as when uh, Tua got benched on Sunday. Uh, or, you know, got scratched right, on Sunday right. and I didn't have a backup quarterback. Uh, that one hurt. Um, it's hard to win games without a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. we're just working out the kinks uh, and we're we're going to we're going to figure it out. We're going to hit a stride at some point. I have no doubt. I hope that points in the next two weeks, roughly, uh, because otherwise it might be a bit futile. But otherwise, next season, baby. Oh, yeah. I mean, and sometimes that's what you need. You know, you need an off season. You need to you need to go away. You need to get out of get out of the city and, and take the family somewhere and just really reset. Um, and, and so that's that's what we're going to be looking for if if uh, we can't pull off a miracle in the next couple of weeks. I'm glad you brought up uh, family. Uh, I try to ask this of all my viewers: Is family important to your team? Do you guys value family, or is it just all ball? You know, we we thought. We thought we battled family and we thought we could stick together through anything. But, you know, as mentioned before, you see a guy like Henry go down and, uh, you know, turns out maybe we weren't we weren't as close as we thought we thought we might have been, even with a real father figure like Tom Brady uh, in there. Um, So so 
you know, I, w- I would love to say that the answer to that is yes. Um, but, you know, the results seem to speak for themselves. Kind of playing selfish football these days. It is looking that way. And, uh, you know, hey, even even your father figure this past week uh, in Mr. Brady did not set any positive examples for the team. Granted, on the field, sure, he's leading. But for fantasy purposes, you can't let your running backs get all the touchdowns. It just doesn't help anyone. Yeah, that's another one that hurts. You know, like I said, I, I try to to make my teams as uniform as possible across leagues, which turns out maybe not the best strategy. Uh, so I do have Brady in all of my leagues, which has been, you know, helpful for the most part. Uh, did not help uh, this Thanksgiving week. Uh, I did go zero and three across all leagues. Ugh. Yeah, that's that's rough. Well, you know, uh, as I believe you're aware, uh, I was trying to go Tom Brady in all three of my leagues, and I had him in two of three, and you snatched him out of my hands by taking him weirdly early. I think like the fourth round, maybe you snagged him. Uh, so you actually saved me because my leagues where I had Tom Brady, I lost. Uh, it was only my one non-Tom league where I got a victory yeah it was it was definitely a reach uh you know and and i think that comes from the the overemphasis on trying to to make my teams uh uniform um and you know probably swayed a little bit by getting that sweet sweet uh performance from that that late draft um but uh you know you live and you learn and uh you know next year i think i'm gonna just wait till the last draft to take a quarterback uh and maybe we'll just maybe we'll just go with Tua. Uh, all all year you know it's not a terrible plan but you know it's it's hard you know talking with you talking to scott because like you know looking at your team it's like tom brady saquon barkley Derek henley henry george kittle the bills defense emmanuel sanders even at the right moment in this season you would have looked like a powerhouse yeah, I got to be honest, coming out of the draft, uh, despite the, the reach on Tom, I actually felt like I had had a relatively solid team. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the way the, the chips fall, a guy like Mike Davis, you expect to get at least uh, some some performance out of, you know, kind of be one of those one of those flex guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when when he becomes uh, uh, an option that can't even be started, uh, it gets it gets pretty tough uh, to, to do that. Yeah, that is tough sledding for sure. Also, I think, when you, uh, you know, Dallas Goddard's kind of been a bit of a disappointment. Did you draft Goddard or did you pick him up when Kittle went down? I believe I picked him up when Kittle went down, uh, if, if I recall. And so that was, you know, I felt good about that acquisition. And he's been he's been OK. Yeah, uh, I mean, as, but, a, as someone as a tight end, you get off waivers. He's he's great by that standard. Once I you know figured out how to properly operate the the waiver system in this league well hey good news is we'll switch to a new platform next year and then you'll have to learn all over again as long as as long as we can uh, we can adjust to the the free sunday morning waivers for sure uh, I'm, I, i'll be i'll be in much better shape no one has voiced any opposition to that and i've spoken with quite a few managers about that change so i'd be very shocked if it didn't uh get passed when the ballot goes round in the off season Good to hear, because it would have made a couple of my losses look a lot less bad. Uh, I still would have lost, uh, but I would have lost by less, and that's really the key. 
yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see any reason not to have instant waivers on Sunday mornings. And it is, it is frustrating. And obviously every platform does come with its own quirks. And there's certain things where it's like, you know, there's only a handful of people who actually go to like league rules and read through everything, much less understand them. For example, I'm the commissioner of this league and I did not do that. Oh, I think it's a, I think it's a relatively reasonable uh, rule to have. Uh, it's just one that I, I happen to come out on the other side of, you know? Right. Yeah. So now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you live in New York City. Is that correct? I do. Yeah, it's, it's a little podunk town uh, right. in, in New York. Um, so that's, you know, that's where we're at. You got a kind of a, a one horse town, but it, it, it is what it is. Right. And if I if I'm correct, that is also the home of Mr. Barkley and the New York Giants. Do you meet a lot of Giants fans in your daily life? Are there still Giants fans? I'm so curious uh, about this. I gotta admit, I haven't seen a lot of them wearing it loud and proud. Um, Can't see how they a, would. Yeah, as a as a Chicago Bears fan, I'm not I'm not exactly going to be too hard on their team. You know, those those in glass houses, um, <laughs> or you know, in Saquon's uh, Saquon's case, those with glass bodies. Right. Um, so no, not not a ton of them. Um, even fewer Jets fans, though. So it's it's a tough oh yeah it's tough tough sledding for the football fans here in New York right now. Uh, yeah, no, it is. But hopefully, you know, it's gonna come around here soon. We'll see. But uh, yeah, lots of great things on the horizon for both those teams. <laughs> well, maybe Zach Wilson will turn out to be good. I think we can probably call time of death on uh, Daniel Jones potential as a starting quarterback in this league. Yeah, he's he's kind of doing the uh kind of doing the Mitch Mitch Trubisky route where he's going to he's going to make himself a lot of money as a backup in this league. Right. A lot of money as a backup. Which honestly might be one of the best jobs in the world. Hey, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl and seems very happy to just take his millions every year to be a backup. Well, when you're an elite quarterback, you know, you got you to know when it's time to step away and, and go be a backup. <laughs> right. You go out on top and then you appear in random games and, and disappoint everyone. You have that's, one good game every like three years, though. That's another contract. <laughs> that's true. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Plus, there's, you know, you always have the whole, hey, Super Bowl MVP. I must know something. Yeah, I think I think Joe Flacco is going to be just fine. Yeah, Flacco will be okay. Um, all right. So now, I believe you are one of those rare individuals who thinks that America's favorite pastime is baseball, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I would I would disagree with the word favorite in there. I'm not, you know, so naive to believe that it hasn't been surpassed. Uh, as the favorite way, the, you know, the favorite sport to watch, but it is America's pastime, uh, and I think we can, as a, a group of, of lawyers, we can uh, we can appreciate the difference there uh, and the importance of it. Uh, but yeah, definitely, a, definitely a big baseball guy. Uh, so I've played, you know, lots of fantasy football in my in my days, despite what my track record this year might <laughs> might show. I'm blaming that on the platform. Uh, as but as everyone more, does, definitely more of a baseball fan. All right. 
uh, do you, are you in fantasy baseball leagues? I am. I had a, a real heartbreaker of a, of a, of a, of a season this year uh, for the one or two baseball fans that we have uh, listening. My team had, uh, so I had five of the players on the all MOB team this year. So I had Mark Simeon, Vlad Jr., Salvador Perez, Garrett Cole, and Shohei Otani, uh, and failed to win the championship. Uh, so that was a real heartbreaker. You know, when you, you feel like you make all the right moves uh, and your team just doesn't perform uh, in the championship, but uh, in, in a fancy baseball league, I've had uh, more success than I have in this league so far. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's about broadening yourself to, to new horizons, even if it is uh, a, a poorly run platform. <laughs> oh, we'll migrate. There's a vote. It's the American <laughs> way. Just, you know. Uh, I, I actually, uh, in listening to, to, uh, to Steve's interview from last week, I laughed because he was like, oh, I'm in two other leagues. One is in ESPN and uh, one's on. Have you heard of Flea Flicker? Uh, I'm also in a Flea Flicker league. <laughs> really? Um, and, which I think I think comes from. He mentioned it's super customizable. Uh, right. The league I'm in, and that one has a very like, unique scoring system. Okay. And so it was the only one that would let us do our scoring system. Uh, so I've been I've been on Flea Flicker for uh, a long time. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna suggest it, but I do like it. Uh, All right. But in a, a league that doesn't have as unique of scoring, uh, I think probably something else is the way to go. Right. What uh, what is the unique scoring system of that other league? Like what are some of the some of the quirks? So all the all the yardage points are bonus based. So, for instance, a quarterback doesn't get any points for their yardage until they throw for 250 yards at which point they get a five-point bonus, and then they get a point for every 25 yards after that. Uh, running backs have to get to 75 yards. Receivers have to get to 100. Uh, and so it's much lower scoring and much more kind of like boom or bust for each player. Well, that is interesting. It's unique. It's I don't know if it's like a better way to play, uh, but it is kind of fun to have one league, uh, and that's the longest-running league I'm in. Uh, it is fun to have one league that's just quirky and different. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I, I definitely get the idea of having one quirky league. Uh, this league will never be anyone's quirky league, uh, but I do like the idea of being involved in, in something different and getting exposed to new things. Now, I it's also who... a league in which I'm the reigning champ. So, you oh, know, really? We've, we've, we've had we've had some success in the past. And uh, both of those leagues, I'm assuming just based on the things you've said, are redraft uh, they are, one of them's pure redraft. One of them's a two keeper. Okay, cool. Uh, and so you know, kind of bordering on that dynasty, uh, but, right. but not, not true dynasty. Yeah. Not say. true dynasty. And then what about, uh, your fantasy baseball league parentheses S? Uh, that's a two keeper league as well. Other than that is pure redraft. Okay. A lot of overlap between those groups. Uh, the baseball one and then the one football one are, are almost identical, probably 80% the same. Cool. Uh, so cool, a cool. lot of families and family friends, but it's fun. You know, fantasy baseball is kind of its its own animal because it's, right. you know, it's every day. Uh, but I pretty much just jump in and put my starting pitchers in it and call it good. Right. Yeah, I mean, fantasy baseball sounds sounds wild. There's just so much so much going on in baseball. 
I did. I did want to mention. I uh, you you did ask me as part of my prep for this this interview uh, to make sure I was, I was brushed up on NHL standings. Yes. And it did seem like a good opportunity to point out that my Calgary Flames are top in the West right now. Uh, so on the off chance that anybody else uh, is a hockey fan that listens to this podcast, uh, I would like to uh, invite you uh, to to go ahead and, and kiss the ring uh, as as you will uh, for the team that is you know tops in the West a quarter of the way through the season. Wow, lots of lots of confidence there. Lots of confidence, and that's and that's the hockey talk. All right, and then. And thus we wrap up our, you know, can't miss hockey segment that appears every week on this podcast. I mean, I mean, the one Chiefs fan who who does a rundown of his team every single week <laughs> talking about an irrelevant segment seems a little bit a little bit out of left field there, huh? Wow. Just hurtful. Just right to the heart. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to say two things and I'm going to let it be. First of all, the Chiefs are uh an international symbol of accomplishment and greatness and thus deserving of their own segment. Secondly, uh, no one else volunteered to host this podcast. So I get to talk about what I want. I would love to refute either of those points, uh, but I'm going to let them both lie. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I've been getting a lot of leeway ever since the brain injury. Lots of people <laughs> let me get away with a lot, and uh, I feel like I'd be foolish not to take advantage of that fact. Well, and I think the more important point there is that, uh, you know, there, the people weren't exactly lining up to, to be the host of this podcast, despite what I hear is a very lucrative uh, paycheck from it. Uh, so we're going to we're going to let you let you do it how you will. Yeah, I mean, I figure we'll give it, you know, a year or two. Uh, and then we'll evaluate the prospects for renewal of the show, whether it's time to get a new host, maybe a new host would draw in new listeners. But I will make this uh, one boast. Uh, the My hosting platform informs me that the show has an average of seven unique listeners. Wow. Now. So that means there's one, right? One person that's not listening. If you and Callie are both working on do you do you queue it up and listen to it again <laughs> yeah see uh that's the thing no we set did i say seven i meant 17 wow yeah that's so, a, that's impressive then. right 17 listeners so here's the caveat on that i don't actually know if the platform is able to tell that like if listeners are unique or if it's just number of plays, I have a theory that roughly three people listen to it uh, and they do so in fits and starts as time allows and their plays are just getting, you know, double or triple or quadruple counted. However many plays it takes them to actually finish the thing. Uh, That's my theory, but who knows? Otherwise it means our 10 team league has seven outsiders who are just dying yeah. to follow it, which would be I was funny say, considering I don't give any league news in this podcast. Yeah. I was going to say, I really don't want to, I don't want to meet the people that aren't a part of our league, but decide that they should tune in every week to hear, hear what is uh, roughly a league update uh, filled with whatever else uh, is to be talked about that week. I, those, those people, they need to find something better to do with their time as much as I, as much as I love you and I love the pod. 
And I appreciate that. I want to take a moment to just speak directly to all of our non-manager listeners. Uh, you guys are valued. There's nothing weird about you. You're perfectly normal. Please ignore my guest. Uh, I find many people will gladly listen to my voice, even when they have no personal interest in whatever it is I'm discussing. I think yeah, no, I, something about the sex. I just crowd. disagree with that. I, 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 I'm sorry to come on and be confrontational, but if you're not related to Daniel Cody and you're not a manager of this league, um, I don't know what you're doing here. Wow. Some, uh, some strong words from our, uh, single appearance guest, Stephen Bennett. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's the kind of honesty and leadership my team needed when Saquon went down. And so I, I didn't provide it then, but I'm, I'm just trying to provide it now. All right. Well, I guess better late than never, but there's also <laughs> something to be said for reading the room. This is not the Joe Rogan experience. We're not here for your hot takes. Uh, <laughs> it's mostly just patting me on the back and uh, mentioning that the prosecution is the best team in the league by far. Those are really well, the only things we do. You do plenty of that. So uh, didn't need to come in and, and echo chamber, you know? Wow. Just not what I was expecting from this interview at all, but so be it. <laughs> this, 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 this pod comes out and the interview has been cut down to about three minutes. <laughs> and ironically, it's only the hockey part that stays. <laughs> right. It's just this week's episode is a one and a half minute discussion of hockey followed by 33 minutes of Daniel's power rankings and 50 minutes of kingdom corner. Also now we need three new managers for next year. <laughs> uh, that's, that's not true though. Speaking of next year, I do have some questions for you on that subject. Uh, I would like to get your take on the idea of switching to a true dynasty next year. Is that something that interests you? Is that something that does not interest you? Just wanted to spell out the answer choices. <laughs> Ooh, man. Hold on. Let me find a coin. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think that'd be fun. I've never, I've never uh, been in a dynasty. And so it might, uh, you know, put me at even of a larger disadvantage than I'm, or, you know, widen the gap between me and, and those that are good at fantasy football. Uh, but I think it'd be a fun experience. I think, probably somewhere somewhere in the middle of like a you know full on you just draft rookies and uh and a complete redraft i think would would be fun um but you know you're not gonna you're not gonna chase me out one way or the other uh, my my opinions on the issue are are relatively minor other than uh you know a full a full retention league with just rookies seems like it could put somebody in a pretty pretty brutal spot for a few years right yeah, and and I do understand that, and you know I'm I as excited as I am about the prospect of dynasty. I'm in a dynasty league this year for the first time, so I you know I'm learning the ropes myself, and I'm not sure of a lot of things. So you know some of the more experienced dynasty managers will help me with ironing out what what our dynasty system might actually look like. Something that could strike a good balance of you know, the last thing you want is someone who's looking at like a two, three year rebuild. Uh, that seems like a lot to ask of people. Yeah, I, I think I think you might uh, you might get some disgruntled owners uh, if that if that happens. Well, this is a redraft this year and you seem like a reasonably disgruntled owner. So apparently there's uh, no I, solution to that. I'm not disgruntled at anybody other than myself. You know, it, it's one of those things where I think. 
I think Matt Nagy once, you know, beautifully and wonderfully said, there's nobody to blame except for everybody, um, <laughs> which is really, really uh, means nothing. Um, but that's what you get when Matt Nagy coaches your team. So I'm looking myself in the mirror uh, and I'm, I'm accepting that I need to be better. Yeah, uh, that I think puts you a step ahead of Matt Nagy, but uh, remains to be seen. I, it, I'm telling you, I, uh, it doesn't take much. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> it does warm my heart to see uh, fire Nagy chance breaking out at Bulls games and Illinois right. basketball games. Pretty much, pretty much anywhere where there's a single Bears fan, we'll try to get it going. <laughs> I love the the idea of having that be something you just take with you everywhere. Like at any given moment, I am down to just start chanting to fire Matt Nagy. My 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 office wasn't too thrilled when I was just screaming <laughs> it alone in in my office the other day, um, but you know I think they I think they liked to see the passion. Yeah, I mean especially in law of all careers, what people are looking for is uh, passion. And your when you go to a corporate lawyer with a business deal, you want to see passion. These dry yeah. paper pushers are a thing of the past. <laughs> Whatever we have to tell ourselves, I guess. Huh? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, no. We are, we're the good guys in this story. <laughs> oh, always. Um, all right. So another question about next year. Uh, as a devoted listener, you are, of course, aware of the, the vague plan for an in-person draft in Vegas in August of 2022. What are your thoughts on that in, in terms of feasibility? I assume you're not just adamantly anti in-person draft. That would be a weird stance to take. But, you know, for your life and your prospects, does that seem like the sort of thing that would actually be doable? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I just absolutely hate getting together with my friends and doing fun things. Right. You have made um, that clear. I, I've always been against that. Um, no, I mean, I, I think I think it would be the kind of thing that would be, you know, as long as we had an idea of getting it planned out and stuff, I think it could be feasible. You know, the world, at least the world's pretty small these days. You can hopefully make it, make it happen for at least a handful of us um, and, you know, see who can, who can and can't make it and maybe adjust accordingly. But right. no, I think it's, I think it's certainly on the table and, uh, you know, very, very possibly could happen. Right on. That's uh, that's great to hear. You know, I'm always just trying to gauge interest levels. Technically, the uh, ability to reserve the venue I'm wanting has not become available yet because it's still too far out. But when we get closer, I will, you know, start officializing dates and everything. And there will be definitely some means of, you know, staying in touch with people throughout the off season. And uh, yeah, no, the, the podcast will probably take a, a hiatus or at least switch to a buy or some bi-weekly thing. Who knows? But so you, you're not going to pump one of these out every every week during the off season. I mean, it'd be fun to see how long I could get people to just keep still keep coming on the show after after the season ended. You'd be getting you'd have to do like a, a full hockey segment every single week. <laughs> it's true. It would become primarily about the NHL. Which I've, you know, I, I love hockey. I'd love to be a serious NHL fan, but you know, when you're, when you yourself have never really been a hockey guy and you're surrounded by non-hockey people, it's, 
you know, you've really got to be intentional about getting into a new sport in any sort of serious way. And I uh, lack that intentionality. Yeah, well, you know, it's tough. You got you got to pick and choose those sports that you follow like they're uh, the most important thing in the world. Yeah, which, you know, normally is pretty easy to do since they are. But uh, oh, yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, I was uh, I was making fun of somebody the other day, not somebody, this theoretical person. Uh, that is still watching Survivor and hangs on its, you know, I'm like, how many seasons have they done? How are people still watching it? And then I realized that I'm watching, you know, you know, season 120 of the NFL or whatever it is. Right. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. Actually, no, I completely understand this. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, I, I happen to know for a fact that uh, the league does have at least one manager who is a devoted Survivor fan. And, you know, I watched a few episodes with them, you know, a season or two ago. And, you know, it's it's sad. Like, I love bad mouthing reality television while ignoring the fact that sports are technically reality television. Uh, But the truth is so many of these reality TV shows, if I actually like had the opportunity, I could totally get into it. But I oh, just make sure I never give myself that opportunity. That way I can always be the guy scoffing at the people who watch reality TV. I mean, can you imagine if they let you gamble on Survivor? That's a good point. My final specific question for you is actually about team names because it's an important issue. Are yes. you, do you think you would keep your team name going into next year or do you tend to rename your teams every year in every league and this is a long question will the switch to dynasty affect that i i have tended uh to to stick with with one name uh, you know kind of throughout um i i do like please fix things i think uh, mm-hmm. particularly for a couple of reasons uh you know i get that email a lot uh because of the general uh, abundance of airs in my work. Um, and, and so it just feels, you know, nice and close to home. Uh, however, the switch to dynasty and, and, you know, what has been admittedly a tough year, uh, it does seem like a chance at a fresh start. Um, it was a little bit of a panic name because I think I was just team 10 for a while. Um, and, and I wanted something, uh, you know, punny and, and punchy, um, so, so we might think on it a little bit. I would say there's a chance it changes, uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect the fans to hang on that. Uh, you know, don't go, don't go burning your please fix things jerseys quite yet. Uh, but we might, we might be coming out with a new line of merchandise next year. All right. So potentially now may actually be the time to invest, uh, as it may become a collector item soon. Yeah. Like beanie babies. Yeah. Once you go on your little Cinderella run here and win it all, uh, People are going to want those, you know, please fix thanks jerseys with Barkley's name on the back. I do have to say in the league that I won last year uh, with three games left, I was two and a half games out of a playoff spot. Uh, And I chased down a playoff spot and went on a a pretty remarkable run. So, you know, miracles do happen. We've seen crazier. Could history repeat itself? Uh, I'm interested. And man, I am I'm rooting for you. And not just because you've been a terrible guest on this show, uh, but because, you know, I like you personally, despite your on-air performances. 
but still, I have to root for for Scott Jorgensen because nothing would beat the Cinderella story of the 08 team winning it all. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think I might be cheering for Scott over myself at this point. Uh, you know, he, I, I deserve to eat my own cooking on this one. Uh, and I think uh, miraculously sneaking into the playoffs would probably be more than I deserve uh, th- this year. And so I don't think I would really learn my lesson uh, if that happened. You know, that's a good point. Would it just be the league enabling you if we allowed you to win this championship? It's probably best we, we fight it. I may have to just go ahead and win it myself. Yeah, uh, you know what? I, I'll be pulling for you despite uh, how rude you've been to me uh, on, on this podcast. So, And I appreciate that. See, I love that we're able to look past each other's entirely unimpressive performances today. <laughs> Uh, you, you really weren't expecting your first hostile interview, were you? <laughs> you know, it came a little out of left field. But now that I reflect, if I had been w- asked in advance, who do you think is most likely to be your hostile interview? I don't know. Who, who do you think is most likely to come in, uh, you know, come in super hot? <laughs> right. Just going to come in swinging and just actually <laughs> ready to talk about the NHL. Just ripping takes. <laughs> just making up positions to defend. Uh, I do want to go back to something I said regarding uh, Mr. Jorgensen. I am sad to say that despite his own continued success, he has been eliminated from playoff contention by the performance of other members. Uh, There are six teams with a six with more than with either six or more wins uh, and he only has three wins. There's two weeks left. There is no world anymore, any longer where Washington fantasy football team lives out their fantasy of winning this year's championship. Well, I'd say if I had to speak directly to him, I'd say prepare a place for me. I'm coming. <laughs> well, hopefully that place is the top of Circuit Casino in Las Vegas in August of 2022. Sounds like a plan to me. Sweet. All right. Well, Mr. Stephen Bennett, uh, manager, please fix. Thanks. I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, it's, it's not been a pleasure, but I can still appreciate someone taking the time to, uh, talk about virtually nothing for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. So for that, I thank you. Yeah, I'm just glad we could keep the trend up of, uh, of talking about nothing on this pod. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll be back after a quick cry break to do the power rankings. All righty. I'd like to thank my guest, Stephen Bennett, one more time for joining me on the show today. It was not as much of a pleasure as I thought it was going to be. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, there will be no power rankings today or for the rest of the year. As we get closer to the playoffs and some teams get in and some teams are eliminated, uh, doing a power ranking makes increasingly less sense. Uh, I don't want to do one that just excludes the people who aren't going to make the playoffs. Uh, but I'm also not interested in you know having to rank the various teams that are excluded from the playoffs. So here's what we're going to do. For the next two weeks... 
we'll do a segment focused on who's in and who's out for the playoff picture. And then uh, you'll just have to wait and see what we end up doing for the actual playoffs. Um, So with that being said, let's get right into it. We now have for the first week uh, teams officially eliminated. As I mentioned in the show, uh, the Cinderella story of Scott Jorgensen and the Washington fantasy football team has come to an end. Despite winning the Metrodome matchup in a very narrow, close, tight game, Scott has no avenue to the playoffs. With a record of 3-9, and nine, he's looking at six playoff teams with six or more wins. With only two weeks left before the playoffs, Scott cannot get all the way to six wins, meaning... He cannot even force a tie. Similar story, Vandalay Industries, Mr. Pete Serka, has been eliminated from the playoff hunt. He also has a record of 3-9, meaning he also does not have enough games left in the year to force a tie. Um, What went wrong for both of these teams is that no one lost. You would have thought, you know, you would have... A lot of teams going into last week's games, a lot of teams had five wins. And all of those, only none, only none of those teams managed to lose. So, unfortunately, Scott and Pete have been eliminated. This leaves uh, a current playoff picture of... The Prosecution, Magic Grits, Pigskin Skull Plaintiffs, Tijuana Panthers, Illegal Motion to Dismiss, and Well-Hung Jury. Those are currently your six playoff teams, but with two weeks of games left, a lot can change. Uh, The Fertile Octogenarians, captained by one Stephen Bonnewell, are sitting at five and seven, which means they continue to have a shot of making it in. They could win two more games. Uh, Some of the 6-6 teams could lose some games. And uh, just like that, Steven would be in. The path to victory is a little narrower for my guest today. Please fix things. Uh, He would have to win this week and next week. And either the Tijuana Panthers, illegal motion to dismiss, or well-hung jury would have to lose the next two weeks. Uh, Then... Stephen Bennett could force a tie. Uh, the issue is even were Stephen, even if Stephen could force such a tie, his uh, points four is relatively low compared to the current playoff teams. So his shot is about as long as you could imagine. He'd have to put up a lot of points, get two straight wins, while one of the current playoff teams got two straight losses. So. We shall see what happens. I look forward to checking in with the Fertile Octogenarians and Please Fix Thanks next week to see if their situation has improved or worsened. And now, nothing. As I mentioned, there will be no Kingdom Corner. The Kingdom's feeling strong, looking good. We're going to go up against three division rivals in the next three weeks, and we look forward to each of those games and securing our spot in the playoffs. Thank you all so much for joining me. It's been a hoot.